This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 29. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What is going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with episode 29 and my fabulous co-host, Brandon Turner. Hey, love- Brandon, you are fabulous. <laughs> I today. love when you call me fabulous. That's the that's the best title right there. Yes, you and Elton John. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, can yeah. you feel the love tonight? All right, I, I I will tell you, I'm I'm not totally feeling the love, and and <laughs> and, and I I will tell everybody why. Please tell them why, because well, well, the reason why is this is now the second time we are recording episode twenty nine of the Bigger Pockets podcast, and 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 uh, you know it's not because of anything other than the fact. That your sound quality was terrible the first time. It simply oh, just was not very good, Josh. <laughs> that what it was because I <laughs> I have why... to think it was the fact that when you recorded it, Brandon, uh, <laughs> the the show somehow magically vanished, and and so we all did an hour plus of work, hour and a half of work this morning, um, and 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 uh, and suddenly the uh, the show disappeared. It did uh, not disappear. It was corrupted. The file is corrupted. corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> it was corrupted. I tried for two hours to uncorrupt it, and he did. He I, did. Uh, who knows? Anyway, yes. it's so okay because the second yes. recording was a thousand. Like it was, it was awesome. It was a thousand was, times better than the first. It was great. So listen to the show. The show is great, and and uh, you know if I'm surly at all, it's not the two hours of sleep I got and, <laughs> and having to re-record this. It's it's. Um, no, that's why. That's, that's. <laughs> no, this is one of my favorite. This is hands down one of my favorite interviews we've done. So, um, yeah, I think people are going to love this. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, really quick be- before we uh, before we get started, I'm uh, going to do today's quick tip. And uh, for today's quick tip, we're going to talk about shared workplaces. And the reason we're talking about shared workplaces is this morning when we recorded the podcast, I was actually recording from a shared workplace, and and we thought. You know, hey, listen, this is a, this is a great opportunity. Investors who may not want to work out of their home office or garage or something, you know, uh, co-working spaces are really uh, great opportunities. They're fairly inexpensive, and you can rent desks and things like that. Get boardrooms and conference rooms and access to a lot of uh, resources uh, by by using a shared shared workspace. I I work out of uh, Galvanize downtown here in Denver, and. Uh, it's fantastic. So if you've never thought about it and wanted to get out of the house and are looking for an office, uh, check out the uh, local co-working spaces, share workspaces. Uh, I think that's uh, going to do well for you. Yeah, I agree. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, today, uh, today's show, we've, we've got a cool guest. Uh, and, uh, and really quick before we, we do talk about her, uh, I, I just want to thank everybody who has left us ratings and reviews on iTunes uh, the, you know, we, we continue to, to climb in the ratings, continue to get lots of great reviews. If you haven't done so, please do. It's, uh, we, we really appreciate it and it does help us get more visibility. Uh, but, uh, today's guest is Dawn Anastasi. Uh, she's out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, uh, she's a, she's a real estate investor. Been doing this for a couple of years, uh, buy and hold, uh, primarily, uh, with, uh, single families and, and some duplexes. 
And uh, she's she's got some pretty cool insight. We're going to talk about things like peer-to-peer lending. Uh, we're going to talk about partnerships. We're going to talk about uh, uh just you know, general landlording topics. So, so definitely uh, stay tuned as we as we move forward with the show. And uh, uh, really quickly, if if you've got questions when you're listening to this or any other show, uh, make sure you check out our show notes. So this show it's uh, biggerpockets.com/show29. And uh, what you can do is actually ask questions of our guests or us in the show notes. And and so if you've got questions for Dawn, ask them in the show notes. And uh, even if you thought she did a great job, don't have questions, want to just thank her for her time, do that, you know, because uh, our guests, uh, our guests love it. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Take control of your investments and secure more passive income today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets. So without further ado, I, I think we should uh, bring her on. Dawn. Thanks for being on the show. Nice to have you. Well, hi, Josh. Hi, Brandon. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. Well, it is really nice to have you, and uh, we're, we're very excited to, to get started here. So let's jump in really quick and, and talk about what kind of investing do you uh, do today? Josh, is it possible to jump in really slow? Uh, it, it is you possible. You kind of jump at one speed when you jump in. Well, if you do kind something. of a time warp, right? Since Dawn here is a super sci-fi freak like I am, <laughs> you know, if you're actually traveling at close to the speed of light, uh, oh, am I still geeking out yeah, here? Yeah, I'm still geeking out. <laughs> are we on the air? We, we are. Dawn, welcome to the show again. <laughs> Hi, Brandon. Hi. Welcome. Yeah, so so let's jump in I'm uh, a little slowly. Sad, I gotta tell you, I'm a little <laughs> sad that Dawn didn't co-geek with me. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to leave you out there on that one, Josh. All right. So we're going to jump in real moderately here. And uh, Josh, would you like to ask moderately? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what kind of investing are you doing right now, Don? Okay. Well, um, I am actually working on single family residential home investing. Um, I do some duplexes, but primarily single family homes is my bread and butter. That's what I've been focused on. Nice. And and you do that where up up by where you live in Milwaukee? Exactly. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, the land of milk and cheese. And um, <laughs> it is, uh, believe it or not, I don't have a cow in my backyard. So um, Amazing. That, I, don't I know. Believe- I'm a- completely amazing. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so you're you're buying single families and duplexes, and and r- really quick, is that how you started, or or um, how did you how did you get going? And you know, we'll just jump through that kind of quickly. Uh, not that it's uninteresting because it is very interesting, but you know, apparently everything I do has to be quickly, or Brandon's going to chastise me. <laughs> Um, I actually started investing in early 2008. Um, I started with my cousin and her husband, believing that um, since he was a contractor that he knew what he was doing and with the plan of uh, flipping houses was the uh, goal. And it, to leave a long story short, which is probably good in this uh, moderate conversation <laughs> here, um, we, he got one of the two properties that we started with almost rent ready. And then things kind of just fell apart from there. And to all your listeners out there, I'd like to advise them on a quick tip. Quick, quick tip. tip. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, uh, love it. Nice. Don't invest with family because it doesn't always work out as you would expect. So that is my first tip of the day. That's awesome. And, um, and very that's true. awesome. Actually, you shouldn't exactly. say that's awesome. You should say that sucks. It's that unfortunate. That is an awesome tip. <laughs> yes. The tip is a good the one. tip is an awesome tip. It is unfortunate that you had a problem with uh, said cousin's husband, the contractor who failed in many ways. What, yes. what did he do? Well, um, uh, among stealing from me, not finishing Ooh. what he oh. did, taking it. 10 months to rehab a house um, and he was a contractor supposedly doing this for a living. That's just a few of the minor things that I'll kind of point out at this time. Now, is he still the husband of your cousin? Yes, he is. Wow. And you're, that's, that's crazy. Is there like a whole excommunication thing going and, and you don't have to answer any of these questions. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We, we don't talk. We kind of parted ways and that's all where we are today. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I am, I am sorry. And, and your quick tip was a good one be, because, uh, you know, so many people think that you can just jump in and, hey, you know, so-and-so in my family would be great to work with. And ultimately what they don't realize is, you know, you, it's, it's, a, it's a marriage, you know, a, a partnership in real estate really is a marriage and you, and you have to get along and you have to trust them wholeheartedly. And, and unfortunately, this thing, this uh, situation happens over and again for a lot of people. And I am truly sorry that, uh, that you did have to deal with that. Um, you know, so in podcast, uh, 27, maybe I think it was with Jason Grote and Catherine Grote, uh, they invest with their family. Um, but I think like, 
I think, you know, sometimes it seems to work out really well and sometimes it works out terrible. You know, like I do, I do not believe in renting to family or friends ever because it right. always seems to work out bad. But now some people seem to do it and I don't, I don't know what the magic, you know, is. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe I would they... love to rent to you, Brandon. <laughs> that would be fun. I would, I would not rent from you. <laughs> you would evict me. So... No, <laughs> I have too many cats to rent anyway. All right, let's move on. Um, So Don, you... Your uh, relative left the picture, and uh, what happened next? I mean, did you buy more property? Did you pull out for a while? What happened? Well, he basically left me with two properties, like I said. One was uh, all close to being rent-ready, and the second one was actually completely gutted down to the studs. Mm. So, yes, I had to essentially come in um, and finish this property off, uh, put in drywall, get drywall put in, uh, complete electrical, complete plumbing, um, basically everything. Everything needed to be in there. There was nothing, no kitchen cabinets, nothing. So I kind of got a trial by fire and worked my way through that with this uh, property that was two hours north of where I live. So that was a challenge as well. And had my first landlording experience actually with the first property, which was almost rent ready. And once I finished up a few small things, was actually advertising it and found a, a couple that lived in North Carolina, of all things, that wanted to rent it. They saw the ad online. They had family in the area that came by and checked it out, called them over the phone to see what it looked like, and uh, basically packed up all their belongings and moved to Wisconsin. Well, that was my first experience uh, as a landlord. So they never even saw the place before moving in? Other than pictures online, no, they actually never set foot in the house before they decided to rent it. Oh, how'd, that, how'd that turn out? Uh, that turned out actually really well. They were renters for over three years nice. until the husband's job took them elsewhere. And they were always good payers. They took great care of the house. So I think I was lucky in that respect of finding a very good um, first set of tenants for this rental nice nice and you you do you do all the management and you you take care of all these properties uh wholly by yourself correct that is correct josh cool and you don't you don't like do the swinging of the hammers or anything like that right you you hire contractors um i hire contractors when necessary i actually do uh swing a hammer nice. use a screwdriver um very if i had a tools. hammer <laughs> i'd hammer in <laughs> I'd hammer in the evening. Keep going. All over this town. All right. Go, Josh. Yeah, keep going. We got (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Now that Josh is done singing. (laughs) So you do you do do work. That that's cool. Yeah, actually that's um probably unusual for a woman in real estate to actually do some of the rehab work herself, like drywall, installing light fixtures, doorknobs, uh ceramic tile things like that, that's probably pretty unusual. And I think uh, that also kind of sets me apart from some of the other women in real estate as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, and, and obviously you bring up the fact that you're a woman and, and clearly we, 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 <laughs> we understand this, this, uh, um, and, 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 you know, it just brings me to, to, to the, the thought that, you know, uh, on bigger pockets, at least I'd say where the audience is somewhere between 70 and 80% men. That's my, my guesstimate. And, and, uh, 
you know, I would assume uh, across the uh, population of investors, uh, it's probably uh, somewhere in the similar ratio, eh, maybe less, maybe more, whatever. Um, but but let, let's talk a little bit about that because as a woman, you know, I'm, I'm sure you probably have different things that you have to deal with than, than we do, obviously, you know, in, in terms of just interrelating with, with folks and, and potentially dealing with not that you're incapable. You're obviously very capable, all women. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm trying to say this in the right way. I, I, I bet you there's a bunch of people out there that, that give women a hard time as an investor. And, and uh, I'm curious if that's something that, that you have to deal with. Um, yeah, Josh. And, and I just took my foot out of my mouth, by the way. <laughs> yes, I saw that. That was great. Um, okay. So in terms of being a woman and a real estate investor, I think – the most challenging aspect I've run into is dealing with contractors. Uh, you talked about 70, 80% of real estate investors being men. Well, if you look at the contractor side, you're probably up, you know, 95% or more being contractors that I've worked with. And some contractors are uh, perhaps older, set in their ways, and it's very hard for them to work with a woman. They're kind of work used to dealing with the man of the house, so to hey, speak. Hey, little lady, is your husband home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Is, that, exactly. is that what you, Brandon? That's my old man stuck in his ways voice. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is that can be a challenge sometimes when um, you know contractors don't take you necessarily seriously, and. When I do find those contractors that actually listen to what I have to say and understand that, okay, maybe I don't know every single thing about their trade, but I know enough to at least talk intelligently about it. And when they, if they get that, then it's actually, you know, great to work with them and have actual good ongoing business relationships with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, to the contractors out there, Get over yourselves. You know there are there. You know there's women in this business, and you got to deal with them, right? And and to the women, I guess you know is is there any advice that that you might want to give to them in terms of deal? Like, I mean, what do you do if you you call and you're getting on the phone, or you you hire a contractor and he's cool up front, and then suddenly he's giving you the chauvinistic crap, or he's he's you know just kind of disrespecting. Obviously, you could fire him, but is there any way to? overcome that or, or ensure that doesn't happen? How do you dominate the situation? Um, that's a good question, Josh. Um, the biggest thing that I do is essentially, uh, you know, first and foremost, you talk with your money. So if you don't give them any more business, you know, that's a clear indication that they're just not doing what you wanted to them to do. And you can kind of tell a little bit up front when a contractor is going to be easy to work with when you're dealing with them on getting quotes. If it's very hard to work with them on getting a quote for the work, then you're kind of looking at having a hard time dealing with them on the actual work itself. That's so that's really, a that's probably that's good. a good tip right there. There you go. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. So so you're in, in you're in Milwaukee. You're, you're this you know, strong woman who's crushing all those chauvinistic <laughs> Brandon contractors. Hey, uh, hey, hey, yes. Um, <laughs> it's like that. It's like the perfect Ed, Ed, Ed McMahon, actually. Ha ha. Yes. <laughs> uh, what what price range are you are we talking about here? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I don't know. Here in Denver, 
you know, uh, well, I guess, you know, in any, any city, you're going to have your high, your mid and your low. Are you working in the high end, the low end? Where, what's, what's your kind of uh, niche? Well, I actually have found that my specialty or what I have invested in recently is more on the low priced end. I traditionally try to stay within the twenty to thirty thousand dollar price range. Wow. And yeah, that's that's definitely you that's, know that's not just for like the bedroom, right? That's that <laughs> are these houses that have walls or or yeah, these are actual single family homes um in the twenty to thirty thousand dollar range. I primarily look for the low price deals that need some rehab. They always need some rehab, but primarily either bank owned foreclosures or short sales, things like that, that you can get really cheap. Okay. So I, I'm just curious because a my neighbor just built a garage for $25,000 <laughs> and it's, it's literally like a three, a giant three car garage. I mean, it's crazy as big as a house. Um, but, but, how I mean, how much rent does does a a, a twenty or thirty thousand uh, dollar house go for? Well, it certainly depends on the number of bedrooms and amenities, Josh. But the range that I'm seeing in the Milwaukee area here is um, roughly around, and this is specific to the zip code that I focus in. Yeah, sure. Is roughly around seven hundred to eight hundred for a two bedroom single family. Woo. Between maybe eight hundred to nine fifty for a three bedroom, and nine fifty and up for a four bedroom, maybe somewhere around eleven hundred, twelve hundred. I do have one four bedroom rented out for eleven hundred, so that's kind of uh, a guideline. So, wow, so your strategy awesome. is to is to find negative cash flow properties, then? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly not. Yeah, those wow. definitely meet the the two percent rule. Yeah. Oh, actually, in three percent in some cases. Yeah, yeah, and and for those who don't know, the the two percent rule basically means that the monthly rent comes in is two percent of the purchase price. So a hundred thousand dollar house would rent for two thousand, or a fifty thousand dollar house would rent for a thousand. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, I, and that's a it's just kind of a general guideline. Yeah, it's not like that. you have to do that to be an investor. Just that's that's a it, it guarantees pretty much, not guarantees, but it gives you, you good, come close. Yeah, yeah, it gives you a good indication you're going to cash flow like crazy. And well, that's, that's cool. over, and and again, that's over an extended period of time. Yeah, what, that's that's essentially going to take into account all your capex and all every all your expenses and and uh, but yeah, three percent. That's uh, that's crazy, and and. I already hear the sound of people getting ready to email you and get in touch and and booking tickets <laughs> to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No, wait, did I did I say three percent? No, no, you got to stay away. This is horrible, horrible. It's, terrible it's getting a little crowded over there now. <laughs> Hold on, yeah, the secret's out. Yeah, wow. no, that, that's cool. So, do you think? I mean, there's been a lot of debate on the forums lately. I've seen about people saying that the two percent rule days are over and people need to start compromising on their standards like do you do you agree do you think people should invest in their like if they can't get the two percent should they come to milwaukee or elsewhere or what do you think um my impression is that people really need to be comfortable with what they do because they need to be able to sleep at night and if the thought of investing elsewhere just makes them worry a little bit um then they need to keep their money safe and more for me um no i'm just kidding <laughs> um they they need to be comfortable with whatever strategy they do because in the at the end of the day, you want to be happy, you want to be comfortable, you want to sleep at night, and if you're okay with 
let's say one and a half percent in your home market, that's great. Um, there's, you know, something to be said for those who do want to go after the, you know, the three percent or three and a half percent type of properties. Yeah, that that's awesome. That, that's good advice. Well, how how are you then financing these properties? I mean, do you bank loans? Have you always been using bank loans, or what do you do? Um, no, for the most part, I have. I started off with in Milwaukee investing by purchasing a couple with actual conventional financing, okay. a single family and a duplex. And then starting around 2012, then I started actually making um, cash purchases with uh, some of my own savings as well as using peer-to-peer lending to actually get cash and make cash offers on properties. So nice. let's actually talk about that then, the, the peer-to-peer. What, what exactly is peer-to-peer lending? Well, peer-to-peer lending is essentially a method of financing somebody through a group of various unrelated parties. So, for example, I might put out an ad saying, I need $30,000. Joe contributes $50. Sally contributes $100. Maybe Jim Bob contributes $1,000. So, everybody... Oh, Jim Bob's Jim generous. Bob. Yeah, exactly. Jim Bob. Jim Bob, yes. <laughs> so, every, there's a group of different people that are completely unrelated that chip in little bits of money until you get to the full funding amount. And um, How do you find these people? There's actually a couple of sites, peer-to-peer lending websites out there that work on matching up these investors with the borrowers, um, one of which is called Lending Club, and the second is called Prosper. Those are the two sites that I have used. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we we actually do work with those as, uh, companies as well. Bigger Pockets does, and uh, actually for for anyone listening, we you know we've we've got a relationship with those guys, and we'll we'll actually put a link uh, to to uh, both websites in the show notes at uh, uh, if you go to biggerpockets.com/show29, uh, that is the uh, link to the show notes, and and there you'll find the links to to both Prosper and Lending Club, and and uh, yeah, you know we've we've had. Uh, yeah, I've had some uh, some good chats with those guys, and and they're they're really good people. Um, and it's great; it's so cool to hear from somebody at least on on the real estate side who's who's uh, using those things. So so how does how does it work? I mean, well, first, why don't why don't we talk about the the differences between the two? Yeah, you know, what's what uh, you know are they identical, or why would you choose Prosper over Lending Club, for example? Um. Okay, Josh. The Differences between the two, Lending Club, for example, has loans up to $35,000 each loan. Prosper, on the other hand, has a total loan amounts that you can take up to $35,000, but that's across multiple loans. Now, with Lending Club, that's uh, two up to two loans of $35,000 each. So you can kind of see the differences right there. The second thing is that Lending Club and Prosper, they do rank your uh, loan based on a credit score. They do it a little bit differently, but for the most part, they do it um, pretty much to protect their lenders. Lending Club is a rating system from A1 to G5, so the, the rate that you get on your loan depends on your rating with them. And with Lending Club, you can have up to two loans at any one time, like I said. 
However, the second loan can only be after at least a minimum of six months of on-time payments with them. So those are a, a few of the differences that I've seen between the two sites. And what, and what about what about rates? So so you're borrowing thirty thousand or fifteen or whatever for and, and and I'd love to hear what you actually have used these uh, uh, these sites to borrow for. What types of projects? But uh, what, what are the, first? What, what are the rates that uh, you're you're getting that money for? Well, the rates, of course, depend on your credit score, like I said, but if you have a good credit score, you know, over 740 or whatnot, you're looking at rates that are a little over 6, 7, 8%, somewhere in that range. So they're definitely much lower than what traditional hard money loans are considered. And so that is also another advantage yeah. to, the, um, to these peer-to-peer lending sites. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, and and then, um, what I I talked about rates. We talked about lo- loan amounts. Oh, so for for you, uh, for example, you are you financing the the purchase of? I mean, these are these are fairly inexpensive properties. So are are you financing the the purchase of the property? Or are you using it for rehab? What 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 are you specifically using them for? Yeah, Josh, the benefit of my strategy with investing in these very low-priced properties is that kind of fits the target of the peer-to-peer lending site's loan amounts. So as an example, um, the first property that I purchased in 2012 was a bank-owned foreclosure listed at twenty four nine, And I actually took out a loan from Lending Club for 21000 and I kicked in a my own money for the remainder of the purchase price plus the rehab work. And I was able to get a single family home with a loan term of three years at like a seven, seven point something percent interest rate. So that was a pretty good, pretty good deal there. Another one that I purchased using Prosper, which was the next one was a property for 23,000 and I got a loan for 18 and then of course kicked in my own money for the remainder plus the rehab work as well. Okay. So you, oh. you can kind of see it's a mixture of using primarily the peer-to-peer lending and then some of my own money as well. So what are the, what do the payments look like? Is that interest only or do you actually make a payment? No, Brandon, it's actually a fully amortizing amortiz <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that word. <laughs> Fully amortized loan. So you are either getting a three-year or a five-year term, and then your payments are spread across that, just like um, the payments would be for a conventional mortgage other than the much shorter time frame. It's almost more like a car loan, it feels like. Yeah, somewhat. Um, Keep in mind, though, that your payments are going to be pretty high on a three-year or five-year loan. So it's great for the strategy of getting one of these loans to get the cash quickly to secure and get the property and get the rehab done. It might be, you know, good for a flipper perhaps who just needs that extra cash. But then if you're going to do a buy and hold long term, for example, you probably either you you might want to let it sit for the three years and just pay it off. And then you've got a free and clear property after three or five years Yeah. or, you know, do some sort of uh, cash out refi after your ARV is higher and then you've got you can get basically all of your money back if you do it correctly, and then have um, this this property that has a much uh, lower monthly payment on it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds cool. Uh, 
clearly it's going to be problematic in, in a lot of cases where, you know, you're working on a, you know, half million dollar house and you need 50,000 or, or, you know, anything more than obviously they lend out though, you know, it sounds like, you know, maybe you could get, uh, you know, again, one of these smaller loans, but you know, it, it makes me think how, you know, for, for, for other people listening, I'm assuming this is totally kosher, right? I mean, there's, I, 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 I know that, you know, there was a whole hullabaloo back a couple of years ago when these guys, I think even one of them was shut down for a while. And, uh, you know, so, so my question is, you know, is there anything to worry about? Do, do they actually vet the deals before you uh, can start uh, getting investors on them? Um, fill us in. Well, from what I know of these uh, organizations, you're responsible for placing your own ad. So they're not going to write the ad for you. Um, and they will basically verify your credit score and indicate if you're a homeowner, those type of things, and put those details up so that other investors can look at your details so they can determine for themselves, is this a loan that they want to fund? So there's all these loans out there and investors can pick and choose the ones that they want based on the rating that the site gives the investors to choose from. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it seems, seems that this could be an interesting uh, way to go, not only for the borrower, but also as as a potential lender. If you've got some cash sitting on the sideline, uh, yeah, it might be a good way to go to to lend out some money. Have you have you tried that? Um, I've actually tried lending money with both Prosper and Lending Club. I did that as, as essentially like a science experiment. I took a couple hundred bucks and put it out on Prosper and tried to see what the results were. I actually tried that experiment with Prosper before they reorganized, and so I wound up only getting eighty dollars back out of my two hundred. <laughs> so that is not a good return. No, that is not a good return. But then they, like you said, Josh, they shut down for a little bit. They reorganized, and I haven't tried that same experiment with them since. But I did try also with Lending Club, and um, out of my two hundred dollars, I so far have actually gotten a couple of the investments paid off uh, already for the people that borrowed and I'm still collecting interest on I think a couple other ones. Nice. Cool. Oh, that's great. That's great. So so you know, I guess in terms of benefits and and uh, downsides, what what would you say are overall benefits uh, than than for these uh, peer-to-peer lending uh, organizations? Well, as far using as- them at least. Yes. Um, as far as the benefits, I think it's been a great vehicle to invest in these lower priced properties. I'm able to put an ad out and get funded within a week, week and a half. I, so I can get the cash very quickly to be able to buy these properties. And then um, it just provides an extra avenue as opposed to going to, let's say, a hard money lender or trying to get conventional financing, especially if you're over the uh, for mortgage, you know, uh, limit that a lot of banks have internally. Yeah. So those are a couple of the advantages, I would say. Right, and as right far on. as far as the disadvantages, um, I would say that first of all, there are limits. Uh, Thirty-five thousand dollars may not be helpful for everybody in their markets and what they're trying to do. And secondly, because the loans are considered unsecured loans you may actually take a small hit on your credit score when you use these unsecured loans. I did notice that my credit score did take a little bit of a hit, but I was actually, uh, when I've been monitoring, I haven't seen it dip that low as to be uh, 
a complete detriment. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, the, gotcha. the thing I, I would notice, like when I heard you talking about this on the forums a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, that's awesome. Like, I wonder if I should try to use that. But the thing that I haven't done it yet is because I want to refinance. I got a fourplex, well, four or fiveplex, depending, uh, that I got to refinance soon. And I'm worried that would like mess up my debt to income. So that's something that people would have to worry about because that's going to show on a credit report, right? Oh, absolutely. Just like any credit card, you know, um, balance that you have on your credit report, these show up on your credit report as well. So, yeah, it can fit into a strategy as long as just like any other financing vehicle, you use it wisely. Yeah. You know, just nice. just sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it wouldn't be a bad idea for somebody uh, who doesn't have a lot of money but wants to get into flipping. If you found a really good deal, you know, you can usually get a hard money lender to fund, you know, let's say 60% or 70% of the uh, after repair value. And that might cover the entire purchase price or, or close to. And then you can use a peer-to-peer lending to cover the repairs. And uh, I mean, because the peer-to-peer lending isn't dependent on the property, it's not a mortgage, uh, it seems like it'd be a decent way to flip a house with no money into it. So um, maybe yeah. somebody can try that. I don't know. If somebody does, let us know how it goes if you try that. I'd love to oh, actually yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a great idea, and maybe you'll try, it, Brandon. I I actually, I actually will. Once I refinance this this uh, fourplex, I probably will. Is it four will. or five? Because you well, said four, then you said it's five. It's four Are right you confused, now. Or is it? There's it's a, it's four and a half. It's yeah. There's a decommissioned fifth unit that I can't recommission until after I refinance it. So. It's that's, a long that's story. That's kind of like your your twin brother who's actually inside <laughs> you. There is a long. I, I have a big long post called "How to Buy a Multifamily." I'll put the link in the show notes, and you can learn why it's a four slash five plex. But nice. it's a yeah long story. But anyway, let, uh, enough about me. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's always about you. Bro. Yeah, it's always about me. All right, so. Uh, yeah, peer to peer lending, cool, good stuff. And like I said, if anybody else has any uh, you know experience with that. Uh, come on the show notes or the forums and let's talk about it because it's it's fascinating, I think. Yep. So, cool. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9 to 5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Take a second and imagine this. Immediate cash flow, above average rent, built-in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. With their new construction single-family rent-to-own homes, you'll get aggressively priced brand-new properties that have tenants in place now in one of the fastest-growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent-to-own strategy works. 
You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder partner relationships. Then, invest in collecting media cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above market rent, so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built-in equity and appreciation with an already agreed-to purchase price at year three, helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. Let's go back a little bit, Don, if you don't mind, to the world of being a, a landlord and uh, buying rental property. Um, so you, you were talking about buying these, these houses. I'm wondering how bad... Are they? You said they all need a little bit of repair, but how bad are you actually uh, buying them for? What are you putting them in to make them rentable? It has actually varied. Um, there has been uh, one property that I've put in maybe about $1,600 of work and it was already, it had tenants in it. And I basically started collecting rent like within three days. Another property put in about $1,200 worth of work and had that one rented out for $750 a month. Um, these these are, you can kind of find them all over the board. And typically the lower the price, the more work there's going to be, but not necessarily. It's it's all about finding the deal. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, you know, so some of our guys, actually a guest from Podcast One, um, uh, uh, Marty, Marty Boardman, and, and from Six, Jay Scott, um, are, I, I believe, doing some work up in, in, in Milwaukee and uh, – and uh, it's it's fascinating. You know, we've had some interesting conversations about it. From from uh, what I gather, it it you know I I find it hard to believe that there's these deals and people just aren't clamoring all over it. And and I'm thinking right now in my head, like you know the turnkey guys, they're all crazy up in the the north the northeast and down in Memphis. Are there turnkey companies up in up in uh, Milwaukee? Because it seems kind of like a no brainer place where you know, th- these guys can set up shop. What is that? Is that going on over there? Um, I've never actually purchased from a turnkey place. I know that there are some wholesalers that are working in the area. I'm not sure about turnkeys. I, I know for a fact there's wholesalers in the area because I've actually gotten letters, yellow letters from wholesalers. So that's kind of amusing. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, net nice. You know, um, I've never gotten one. Somebody should send me a yellow letter. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not loved. Brandon's know, address no. <laughs> is. I want a yellow letter. He likes brownies, by the way. I do. And he lives Schwarm in Washington. Sent me brownies. Mm. Good yes. guy. Anyway. 
<laughs> enough about me again. Yes, enough about you. <laughs> yes. So okay, so that no, that's uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, it just kind of has my brain turning about this. You know, I I would think that that folks would uh, would would want to do that, but you know, that leads me to to the next question. And then I and I know that you're managing your own properties, but you know, is is there a pretty pretty strong uh, property management infrastructure in town there? Are there a lot of good uh, property managers or or uh, maybe you have uh, little experience in dealing with them since you're not actually uh, using any? Yeah, um, Josh, I'm not actually using any property management companies myself. I have, uh, since, uh, since starting landlording, I've always been managing my own properties. And I think that's just because I like the control aspect of it. I like dealing with the tenants one-on-one. Um, I certainly know of at least a property management company in the Milwaukee area I would not work with, but as far as those that I would work with so far, I have not, you know, spent the time, you know, searching them out yet because I have been doing everything myself. Gotcha. 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 Well, so, so you're, you're, you're doing these singles and and you're doing, uh, these, these multis as well. Uh, why why single families versus uh, multifamily? And and you said you're starting to get into the duplexes, but you know, is was there a reason for the preference originally? Well, first of all, the single families will also come at a cheaper price point than the duplexes or multifamilies, so it was a very small way of starting. And so, of course, that fit right in with the peer to peer lending strategy of the thirty five thousand dollars or less. So that was a benefit for me. Um, Second of all, the single-family homes have multiple exit strategies, which I really liked. First of all, you can find a tenant that has occupied the property that decides that they want to buy it, so you have that potential opportunity. If a tenant decides to vacate, you can either sell you know, directly retail on the MLS. Um, you can possibly find, uh, just by word of mouth, another investor by going to a RIA group or something like that that might want to buy your property. So as you can see, there's quite a number of different possibilities that you can work with uh, single families. Duplexes, primarily maybe owner-occupants that are going to rent out uh, the other half or investors. You probably have a more limited pool of people that are going to buy that type of property. And then apartment complexes, you know, four families, eight families, etc., you're typically marketing only to investors for the majority of what you're going to do. So you kind of have an even smaller pool there. So the single families just give you more exit strategies and are less expensive. Yeah, that makes nice. sense. Nice. Yeah, so, and that's – well, really quick. Sorry, I was just going to say, and that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, what, what I think for a lot of new investors, they don't really think out – towards the, those exit strategies. It's like, hey, I'm going to flip a house. Cool. Well, everything's going to go perfect and I'm going to do this. Or, hey, I'm going to buy and hold and everything's going to be perfect. But you know, it's so cool that you're, you know, in, in your plan here, you're, you're thinking about these exit strategies because it, it's, um, I think it's a, a necessity, um, you, you know, because you, things are bound to go wrong or, or you may not be able to sell it for what you think you're going to uh, get for it. Oh, absolutely. And the difference between a single family and a duplex I mean, I guess my rule of thumb, and this is what you call a tweetable, is a, a deal is a deal is a deal, whether it's a, a single family or a duplex or, or whatnot. You just have to go where the deal is. Yeah, that will be a tweetable topic in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 29. Tweetable so, topics. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and for those who don't know what a tweetable topic is, go to the show notes and find out. It means you can click a button and tweet it. There's some fancy some fancy stuff going on there, so it's pretty cool. And it, it basically gets the word out about, shares this these wonderful quotes, yeah. and of course brings people back to check out the show and, and hear them. So, yeah, if you if you have a Twitter account, uh, be sure to tweet our tweetable topics. Say and, that 10 times fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and add me and Josh on, on Twitter. And bigger pockets. And bigger pockets, because we like friends. Yeah, and Brandon will link to us on Twitter, uh, our Twitter accounts on the show notes. And Dawn, are you on Twitter, by the way? Yes, I am actually on Twitter. Nice. So we'll add Dawn's account, too, and we'll all we have will. a big old Twitter party. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, hey, hey, Dawn, how are you finding properties, these cheap ones? Are you direct mail or driving for dollars or MLS? I am actually just finding them right on the MLS, which is probably going to surprise a lot of people because they think, oh, these you know low price properties, you're going to have to send out the yellow letters. You're going to have to drive around. I'm actually just going for the low hanging fruit right on the MLS. And I haven't even taken the time to investigate other options because these are just right out there for the picking. That's so, so, so what you're saying in case I'm hearing it wrong here is I could go to Milwaukee. I could look on the MLS and I could find properties that require like Twelve, fourteen hundred dollars in repairs that cost me yeah, twenty or thirty thousand dollars that are going to rent for like seven or eight hundred bucks, and I don't have to like do any kind of marketing. They're if, just there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Josh, Mocky's a terrible area. You got to stay away from that. <laughs> and we because talked about that. I, I'm booking a flight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we're yeah, I'm coming down. I'm coming up. Well, I there's think, probably. Yeah. <laughs> There probably are like good and bad neighborhoods, though, that I mean, oh, like, sure. a person like Don, you're going to know those. And like somebody came to my town. Yeah, they would they would start buying up the cheap ones and then I'd laugh at them. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's that's that was kind of a little bit where I was going to head is is it is so important to know those those markets and know the niches in the neighborhoods. If you know, if you end up buying in the wrong place, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, there's you I can in Milwaukee, there's properties that are under ten thousand dollars, but those properties are in the areas that I would not want to walk around at night. So I definitely stay away from those type of things. I'm Those areas are called Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a really good video on Detroit on YouTube the other day. It was showing how awesome and, and amazing it's becoming. So I, I well, they've got cool plans now that they're bankrupt <laughs> and now that all the debts wiped out. But yeah, well, supposedly I just, I just it's, like it's ripping on Detroit back. every two shows. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> That's why we have this gap of listeners in the Detroit area. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you're in, you know, I'm just curious. You're investing in these lower end neighborhoods. I've I've invested in lower end neighborhoods. I have found that I am uh, I am not built for investing in lower end neighborhoods. <laughs> you're I, too short. I I am. I, <laughs> damn, seriously? Wow. I mean, like, I thought we were past that. Oh my god. Okay, so. <laughs> Do you, are you are you finding that that you're having a fairly high turnover um, and and you know are you are you experiencing lots of challenges because what I what I found at least was in in those neighborhoods it, it really did tend to be a little more difficult uh, there, there there are more challenges in screening tenants and more evictions I mean I've dealt with drug drugs and all sorts of nonsense uh, have you experienced these things. Um, actually, Josh, I've been pretty lucky in all the years that I've done landlording since uh, 2009. I have never once had an eviction. 
Um, I've never had. Rub any... it in, Don. Rub it in. I'm <laughs> I've never had having this first one. I'm having my first yeah, one right I know. now. It's like a You're... baby. I'm having my first. It's, <laughs> it's pretty painful. It is very painful. Just, just, uh, like, just like labor. Yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah, Brandon. I'm sure there's a lot of women <laughs> I'm out sure there. I'm sure all the women listening. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everybody cry for Brandon. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a hard knock um, life. So, yeah, I have not had to deal with an eviction, not had to deal with uh, drug issues. Um, primarily, most of my tenants have stayed. Um, the first unit in Milwaukee rented out uh, January 1st of, um, uh, it was 2012, and it has been, they've been there ever since. Um, the only time of turnover I've had is in one of the duplexes where I've gone through a couple set of tenants. So I've had pretty long-term tenants, no evictions, no drug issues. I think I've just been either pretty lucky or I've just been doing a pretty good job at tenant screening. Yeah. So rub it in that I suck at it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, pile it on you two. <laughs> well, I was going to ask Don, do you have any, like, do you think there's any tips that you can give, like, why do you think you've had such luck, I guess, or, 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 you know, good experiences with landlording and other people just, yeah, like Josh <laughs> have a horrible time. Hey, Hey, listen, you're evicting your first wait. I don't wish that on you, Brandon. Thank you. Well, <laughs> definitely, you definitely. I would attribute a lot of, um, things that I've learned, especially recently since I've joined Bigger Pockets, to just reading all of the forum posts, different user ex experiences from all across the country, even though different states are different, you know, the, the human experience is the same and the, you know, the concepts are pretty much the same. And so you get a lot of knowledge and experience just by pouring over all of the forum posts, um, the blogs, the podcasts. I mean, there's just so much information that it is just extremely valuable. Nice. Nice. We'll, get, we'll give you your $20 after the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, that I was, agree. That was totally an awesome plug. And, yeah, thank and you. We did not, again, pay Don for <laughs> Well, and I think you hit on a, a big important thing there. That's tenant screening, how important it is up front. Even if it means having an extra month or two of vacancy to have a good tenant in place, it'll save you money in the long run. Uh, oh, and Brandon, and Brandon wrote a pretty good post on tenant screening. I don't know. Have you read that? That's, oh, I, I read everything Brandon writes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I, I will link to that. that I write. Uh, Josh doesn't what? write. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely wow. read. Come on. <laughs> no, and just so everyone knows, my tenant that I'm evicting, I did not place her. I, uh... I'm. I took over that property. We bought that with her in place. So that's my excuse of why I have a bad tenant. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it happens to everyone. Yeah, well, it's sad. It doesn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not. Not. Not to Don. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you've been. You've been good yeah, so far. Good. So yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, something. Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Four. Wow. Time flies. We did uh, podcast number twenty-five, and uh, we interviewed four new investors. And we just talked to them about their very first deal. And one of those investors, uh, Mehran, uh, talked about investing in Milwaukee. And he actually mentioned he partnered with you. Uh, so I'm wondering, how did that how did that happen? Can you kind of tell the story of how did you meet him and, and what are you guys doing? Well, that's a good question. Since I've been having such prosperity in the Milwaukee marketplace, I decided that it might be helpful to see if I could uh, – find out if there's anybody else that, you know, wanted to get close to the 2% rule, et cetera, 
in other markets that weren't doing as well. So I placed an ad out on the Bigger Pockets marketplace, um, which is a great site for you know connecting potential investors to people that are looking for partnerships. Yep. And I was actually very surprised by the response that I got, um, responses from people in California, New York, Chicago, all the, even all the way out to Australia. And wow. just in the process of just in the process of emailing people back and forth, you know, you kind of develop a sense of that person's personality and get to know what their goals and their strengths and so forth are. And we just developed, you know, a kind of a relationship over email. We started investing in Milwaukee together with a 50-50 partnership, and it's worked out really well so far. That's awesome. Wait, wait a second. So if, if I heard you right, what you said was that, that you posted an ad on the BiggerPockets marketplace, which is, which is found at biggerpockets.com slash marketplace. And, and, and suddenly you had people contacting you from not, not only all over the country, but all over the world. Is that, I mean, is that correct? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Josh, Australia is part of the world. <laughs> wow, it's a conspiracy to dog on Josh, but that is that's awesome. And and yes, I I was aware that these things happen, but I did did my shtick here for emphasis as to the importance of and the power of of posting on our marketplace. And yes, it's a plug. Sorry, guys, deal with it. We got to pay for the show somehow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the marketplace is is a great place to to post, and if you've got deals, opportunities, things like that. And I'm I'm so happy to hear that um, you had such success in in uh, and such a great response when when you posted there, and obviously, ultimately, finding finding your partner there. Exactly. Um, the Bigger Pocket, Bigger Pockets Marketplace is kind of like the Match.com or the e Harmony, connecting you know investors to people that you know uh, need to find deals and people that have deals that need investors. I, I like, like that. Yeah, I like that analogy. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. We should make like a dating site video, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found my yeah. match at Bigger Pockets. <laughs> and then you've got like. Brandon and I running, <laughs> running up the hill, yeah. holding hands. Yes, it would be awesome. It'd be, it'd yeah, be I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, how, how do you? I mean, what what made Mayron stand out to you? And and how should other people? How, how should people be doing that? What should they be looking uh, to advertise themselves if they need somebody to work with? Well, obviously, the first thing is not just to say I need money or I'm looking for an investor, but kind of describe, you know, what yes. your goals are. I think that's a bigger a bigger part of it as well. Is what are your long term goals? What are you looking to get out of real estate investing? Um, are you going to be a good match personality wise? Because if you find somebody that you're just going to butt heads with on every decision, then the partnership is not going to work out. It really is, like Josh said, a marriage, and you have to find the person that you're going to be compatible with uh, personality-wise, not just investing-wise. Yeah. I, I, that was I, – I love when you said there that it, you don't just go on there and say, I'm looking for a partner. I'm looking for money. Like people do that all the time. Here's what I got. Here's what I want. Like I mean it's about like a relationship. Like you don't just say, give me this. And, and so yeah, I think that's a really, really big tip. And I'll, I'll take it one further. You, you know, what, what we see all the time and, and you know, this applies – Certainly for bigger pockets, but uh, you know, frankly, it applies everywhere. You know, we'll see people coming on the marketplace, and or they'll join bigger pockets. The first thing they do is post an ad. Hey, I need money. I need a partner. I need this. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, like, what are you doing? You know, people. This is a community of people. 
you, you don't just jump in and start begging for stuff, right? So you you want to create a relationship, as Brandon said, establish rapport. Again, not just on our marketplace, whether you go to Aria and you're networking there or anywhere else, you know, get involved, get into the conversation, let people start to know who you are, what you're about. You know, and and maybe after you've done that a little bit, then you could start saying, "Yeah, hey guys, I got this opportunity. I got this deal, or I need a partner." Um, and and honestly, Don, you and Mehran both are two of the best I've ever seen in the mar- in the in the forums at doing that. Like you guys actually like are part of the community, and I love that because everyone knows who you are, and everyone like I ask you questions, uh, and you ask other people questions. Like I mean, I love that. So um, good job on that. I mean, like you're the ideal part of our community. So. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Um, well, so uh, partnerships, do you do them deal by deal, case by case, or are you just full on, it's a business partnership? Like, how does it's that work? Definitely a business partnership, Brandon. Um, after the investing with family experience that I had, you know, I was a little bit uh, turned off by partnerships, but <laughs> no, I, <laughs> yeah, hard to believe, but um, I jumped right back into it because I definitely see the value that you know, one person's not an island, they can't do everything themselves. And having a good partner actually allows you to expand your horizons, expand your business, and both people can, you know, grow as individuals and investors. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Cool. That is. That is. And re- really, really quick, because we're, we're very fast uh, running out of time here. Um, how do you uh, how do you screen your potential partners? Is there anything you look for? Uh, is is it is it like hiring an employee? You're doing background checks, things like that, or or what what do you actually do, or what have you done? Well, definitely, first of all, the personality that's the easiest thing to screen for because you kind of know if you're going to get along with somebody or not. But you also want to check to see, okay, well, what kind of income does this person have? Um, what type of real estate investing experience do they have? One person's going to bring a certain set of skills to the table. Another person's going to bring a different set of skills to the table. So you kind of have to vet your skill set and see, are those going to be compatible? Nice. Definitely. Nice. Cool. Um, Well, why don't we, I guess, move on to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, which is known as the Fire Round. That was my firing. Those are good sound effects, Josh. Do you like it? That was awesome. (laughs) All right. Basically, we're just going to ask some- Wow. We're going to ask some good questions. Uh, quick- I, I wish Dawn would put in on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wish we uh, – wow. All right. So <laughs> refocusing. Focus. Get it together. Get All right. It together. We are going to ask some quick questions uh, with quick answers, hence the name Fire Round. So these all come from the Bigger Pockets forums. So if people have questions they want to ask uh, – Go in the forums, ask questions, and we might pick them for the next fire round. Fire, 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 <laughs> So nice. Uh, I won't do it. I won't do it. All right, first fire round question. Do you take cash from tenants? Yes, I actually take cash in very rare instances, Brandon, because I prefer to take um, money orders, which most of my tenants use to make payments. But on very rare occasions, I have taken cash. Okay. It's okay. dangerous. Uh, do you have anything to, yeah. Do you have any way to protect yourself if you're taking cash or just don't do it very often? If, where do you get your to. cash? Where do you pick it up? Can I, can I, when, when, <laughs> when's your next pickup? Yeah. I just, I just realized we just told uh, America where you're anyway. No, I, I very rarely have any cash on me whatsoever. And if I do get cash, it's basically going into the bank immediately. Okay. Okay. So what, you know, this is not a fire round question. It just, 
your answer kind of got me thinking about safety a little bit and Brandon mentioned it, but you know, I'm thinking, you know, you're doing showings or, or, or you're looking at, at, at properties. You know, do you have any, any tips uh, in terms of just staying safe? And, and it, you know, really it doesn't matter if you're a male or female, just in general, uh, keeping safe as an investor. Yeah, Josh, um, just some quick tips for the listeners out there tips. that <laughs> is that, um, you want to be safe and, you know, don't go walking around necessarily at night to look at properties. I do everything pretty much during the day. I have showings in a group environment, open house type showings on a weekend. Um, I don't go looking at properties at night. It's always during the day. Um, and I just don't meet anybody individually one-on-one -on -one at a property generally at night. And if I do meet somebody uh, individually, I usually have somebody with me. So those are my you know, quick tips to be safe when, you know, showing properties and so forth. Yeah, cool. I think that's, that's great. That's great. And, you know, I, I think one of the strategies that, that a lot of people use is, is, uh, you know, particularly when you're showing a property to tenants is to have, uh, uh, to, to schedule multiple people, uh, to, to come at the same time. That way you eliminate the need to do the one-on-one -on -one anyway. And, and you're not wasting your time going back and forth 15 times. You have, one schedule time, you know, every day or something and, and show up and, and they either come or they don't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, uh, back, back to the fire round. Uh, <laughs> should an investor look into a short sale for their first deal? You talked about short sales and, and, you know, they tend to be really long and onerous, but, but, uh, you know, w w what do you say about that? Oh, absolutely, Josh. Um, a deal is a deal, and um, sometimes short sales can really be great deals if the bank uh, complies. And I've even had short sales that have only taken as short as a month. So, wow. Some sometimes, you know, if the bank has already pre-approved a price and they've had somebody else, uh, you know, fall out, then you can kind of snap it up, and you don't have to wait as long as what a traditional short sale might be. Cool. Nice. nice. All right. What is the first tool? somebody should buy or have if they're going to be a real estate investor? Tool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, like a toolbox tool. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon, I would probably go with a split between either a tape measure or a flashlight. Tape measures are always handy to measure, you know, dimensions and sizes and things like that. Um, and a flashlight is great for going into the basements of uh, properties, especially bank-owned properties that don't have any electricity on. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. All right. What would make an automatic denial when screening a tenant? And, and I assume, obviously, if somebody shows up and they, they, they look like Sasquatch, like my co-host here, uh, you probably <laughs> reject them. That was my nickname in high school. I, I'm Every, not surprised. Everyone called me Sasquatch. Anyway. Well, I have actually had one person show up to a showing um, kind of high. And so I... <laughs> That was almost pretty much an automatic denial there. Yeah, um, man, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I know I'm, a, I'm pretty strict it. on that. Um, <laughs> but just things like, you know, a recent eviction, criminal history, you know, the basics like that. You're, you're automatically out. Yep, agreed. Uh, business cards, when is the right time to get them and do you absolutely need them? You don't absolutely need business cards. I think that's a myth when people are starting that they think, oh, I need to have a, a website and business cards and they focus on all the extra little fluff that doesn't necessarily get them there. But I've actually found business cards to be very helpful as a landlord. When I go to RIA meetings, I can pass them out 
when I am working with, uh, you know, showing a property, I can give them to potential applicants and then they can take that with them. And, you know, if they have any questions on the property, they've got my card right there and they can ask questions via email or give me a call. Nice. Cool. Nice. Do you buy houses with uh, bad foundations? I have bought one with a bad foundation once. It was only slightly bad, just a little bit bad. So a little bit bad is okay and got that fixed up and it wasn't a problem after that. But if something is crumbling and bad, I just I just stay away. I figure it's going to be, you know, too much money to fix up and it's not going to be worth uh, you know, me getting my 3%. Right on. Nice. Right on. All right, last question of the fire round and nice. the most important question of the podcast. Ooh. Are you, because you are from Wisconsin and I am from Minnesota, oh, are boy, you a go. Green Bay Packer fan? Brandon, you'll be happy to note that I do not care one way or another about football whatsoever. I'll, I'll take that as a no. All right, you pass the test. I'm All a Packers right. fan. You We're, are not. You don't I'm even a Packers fan. I don't even Packers know what football fan. is. I may not, but I'm a Packers <laughs> fan. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you're out, Josh. You're out. Damn you're, it. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Whatever. well, that, that that gets us into into the the final segment of of uh, the show, the famous four. That was good. Lovely. Was, yeah, that was pretty. All right. Yeah, number yeah. number one of the famous four. Josh, go. Number one of the famous four is what is your favorite real estate uh, real estate investing book? Real estate related book. Real estate book. What's your favorite real estate book? Well, I, since... I changed my mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Oh, wait, no, forget it. Let's, let's, let's talk about something else. You didn't want to answer that? We'll ask something else, okay? 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 Is that fine? No, seriously, what's your favorite book? Favorite uh, real estate book? Since I am very big into comedy, I've actually found that the uh, Section 8 Bible is a couple of books that is, are hilarious for reading, especially if you've been a landlord for a while. The uh, guy that wrote it uses a term called elimination, which is not bathroom humor. It's actually taking things <laughs> out of a rental property that you uh, that the tenants absolutely do not need, and the things that he eliminates are just absolutely hilarious. Is the Section Eight Bible Six. supposed to be funny, or is it supposed to be serious? I think it's actually supposed to be serious, but it, it really is funny. <laughs> Those are the best. So what what is he? I mean, like, is he like eliminating baths, sinks, ba- you know, like bedrooms? Um, he eliminates windows. He eliminates garages. I mean, seriously. So. Are you serious? I am serious. That's wow. you'll have you'll have to read the book. Yeah, Keep I want to read that. Classy yeah. section eight Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read that one. All right. Uh, what is your favorite non real estate uh, business book? Um, non real estate business book. I guess it, it sort of relates to real estate, and this is gonna be a cliche. The uh, rich dad, poor dad. I think everybody says that, so I'm gonna be very cliche in my answer. That's okay. It's it's a good answer. I just listened to. Uh, I was driving home from Lake Chelan and I listened to it on, it's on YouTube. So you can actually listen to an audio version of it on YouTube for free. So, um, I did, and, I did that and I love and that Lake book. Chelan is a place we should all know about, right? Well, I talked about it in the last, well, the last episode or two times ago. That would require somebody to listen to you. Okay, fine. I was in Lake Chelan and it's a beautiful lake in the middle of Washington and uh, yeah. enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've got I've got a really important question. You know, Brandon clearly thought Green Bay Packer question was the important <laughs> one, but uh, you know, this this is the ultimate question actually. And and the question is uh, Deep Space 9 or the Next Generation, which Ooh. is better? Oh, and that's definite- a Star Trek reference for all of you yes. non-geeks. Yes, um, definitely Next Generation. You can't beat that. Nice. 
Nice. And and that's do you not have part hobbies? of the famous four, Josh. That, you know what, Brandon? Get You're over ruining it. things. Hobbies? Do you have any? <laughs> okay, that's the question. Hobbies? Do you have a Do you have a hobby? Should I ask it again, Brandon? <laughs> Don, I'm better. so sorry. You know, it, we come off rude, <laughs> but it's just, I, you know, as as we said in the beginning, this is actually the second time we're recording this. And and of course we we are doing it again because somebody messed up, which which I mentioned <laughs> earlier. But uh, you know, anyway, so I'm a, I'm a little, you know. <laughs> Don, I apologize for Brandon. Uh, Josh lets me out of the closet sometimes, and I misbehave. <laughs> <laughs> Hobby. so, hobbies, yes. Um, yes, it's actually a good segue from uh, uh, the geeky things because I am actually I love board games. Um, you. Traditionally, when people think of board games, they think of Monopoly and Clue and all that. But those are just those are not the kind of games I like. More the Euro games. Settlers of Catan is probably a more popular one that people have heard on. But there are like thousands of board games out there that are just absolutely wonderful to play. And there's quite a number of groups out there that that play them on a regular basis. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I've heard good things about Settlers of Catan. So, and I don't know what you guys are talking about. It must be a generation <laughs> gap. It must be, yeah. Old guys don't know. All right, uh, last question. <laughs> what do you think, Don? What do you think sets apart the successful investors from those who never seem to gain any traction and get anywhere? I think the number one thing would be perseverance. It, it's very easy to give up when you've had a bad day, when you've had a bad week. Um, your, your your yellow letters aren't getting the responses. People are yelling at you. You're investing in a rental property. You're just not finding good tenants. You you wind up with a gutted house two hours north of you. It's easy to give up on things <laughs> like that. But um, if you don't give up, if you persevere, then I think good things are going to come to you. And that's... I. I think the biggest tip I, th- I can give to people that are listening out there is you just sometimes you got to just keep at it, even though you might think that things are challenging, because once you climb that mountain, you're going to be at the top. You're going to be looking at things and your view is going to be awesome. Climbing oh, mountains, cool. baby. That's awesome. That's awesome. Don, I, I have to thank you uh, for for your patience and uh, your perseverance. For putting and- up with Josh. You you know this this being our second time around uh, I'm I'm so sorry, <laughs> uh, but no you th- listen awesome stuff great show thank you so much for being on we really appreciate it thank you for everything you do on Bigger Pockets I I know there's a ton of people who really uh, respect uh, all of the time you take and and all the great advice you share so uh, thanks for being a part of the, the show and the community and and be prepared to be inundated by people who are looking for those three percent deals. <laughs> Remember, there's nothing to be found in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> she, Dawn is now on the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> I will thank you very much, Don. Thanks, Don. Okay, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Brandon. Yep, bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was uh, I. I don't know. That was a lot of fun. Yes, I. I, I was slightly surly, and and I. I was. <laughs> you know, I. I'm just mad at Brandon a little bit. Who yeah. says surly? What kind of old man says surly? <laughs> oh, I'm kind of surly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Ed McMahon. You You're freaking welcome. Sasquatch, you. <laughs> No, think, listen, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I, hopefully you enjoyed it. I, I thought there were a lot of great uh, tips in there, lots of feedback. I, I, I was, you know, I certainly learned a lot about uh, the, the peer-to-peer stuff. I, I thought it was really interesting. And, um, but uh, listen, uh, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to uh, jump on our show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 29. Uh, leave any comments, questions, you name it. 
uh, Don or Brandon or I will be there to answer them or uh, respond. And uh, beyond that, just you know the the usual announcement. If you guys aren't following us on Facebook, uh, make sure you do so. It's Facebook.com/slash/BiggerPockets. In fact, a couple uh, yesterday, uh, uh, we we put out a a pretty cool post with a preview of a of a new feature coming to Bigger Pockets, and uh, that preview does not exist on Bigger Pockets. The only place to learn about this new feature. Uh, and get the preview of it is on Facebook. So we do things like that from time to time. So if you're not following us, you're missing out. Uh, Twitter, we're 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 everywhere. We're we're worldwide, Brandon. We're 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 on all the networks, aren't we? Yeah, we got multiple area codes. Woo. <laughs> okay, I, I don't I don't get that. Must be the it's old. A rap. Thing. It's a rap song. Anyway, yes. Continue. Yes, yes I shall. Um, otherwise. If you're not on our, our website, Bigger Pockets, it, it, it is a fantastic community, as, as you might have gathered from, uh, from listening. Uh, our, our lovely guest, Dawn, has found partners from the show and, and, and much more. And uh, so, so, you know, definitely jump on, engage, get involved, participate. Uh, if you've got, you know, if you're, if you're looking to, to uh, promote a, a property or looking for financing or you've got finance, you know, looking for partners, you can post all that in the marketplace. It's, it's fantastic. Um, finally, for anyone left talking, listening to <laughs> us utter on, uh, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, we definitely check out our recently launched, uh, bigger pockets, flipping calculator. I know the show didn't really talk about flipping, but you know, I've got time to talk and I'm going to talk about it. So the flipping calculator can be found at biggerpockets.com slash calc. And it's, it's great. It's really a fantastic tool. Brandon actually did a cool tutorial uh, on, on the calculator and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. With that, uh, I'm going to let you go. Thanks again, everybody. We appreciate your listenership. We'll see you on show 30. And uh, thanks for being here. And uh, thank you to uh, Brandon for uh, screwing up my day. <laughs> Nice. Are you, yeah, do you like that? Yeah, that was wonderful. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Here to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. 
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.